The Valley Hub Stories podcast acknowledged the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast has been recorded, Gumbangia Country. We value and respect their continuing connection to and care of country throughout time. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Valley Hub Stories podcast. A reminder that you can now find us on your favourite streaming platform from Spotify to Apple and everything in between. We'd love you to take a listen and let us know what you think. On the episode today is Vicky Crop from Fresh Start Organising. Vicky is a delight. She's down to earth, super witty and has a zest for helping other people, particularly mums, to focus in on the fun parts of life. Vicky has this big picture thinking and so while this is a conversation about her work in supporting people to feel organised and empowered, it's also a conversation about life and ways of living. So if you are responsible for people, big or little, or even just a busy person trying to get everything right, Vicky has a way with words that I think will leave you feeling seen. We hope you enjoy this episode. Let's jump in. Vicky, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Penny. So can you tell me a little bit about you, you personally? Yeah, I am a mum of three. That's how we always start as mums, isn't it? That's our main personality trait, I think. (laughs) Um, Married and I'm a semi-local because my mum and dad grew up here. And this is where I always used to come for holidays as a kid because my extended family are all from the local area. So this is pretty much my original home, but I've travelled a fair bit. So when I was eight, I was born in Kempsey and then we moved down to the Hunter. And then when I was eight, I moved to the States, lived over there until I was about 16 or 17, came back, went to boarding school in Toowoomba, then uni in Canberra, back to the Hunter and then my, hus- my husband, boyfriend at the time, and I moved over to the States and worked over there for a couple of years. And then back to the Hunter, coal mining country, and then we moved up to Gama about seven years ago. So we've been living in the valley for about the last seven years. So yeah. Did you study at uni? Uh, Bachelor of Business, majoring in hotel management. Right, so is that what you did in the States too? No, I we kind of went over there for Ben's work because he builds – he used to build above-ground coal mines. So basically anything to do with a coal mine, he built the above-ground structure. That's how I've always explained it, so the coal wash plants and stuff. So I kind of followed him. My sister's still over there, so I went and stayed with her and then I did all the admin and – all of that stuff because we were in the middle of nowhere in British Columbia so <laughs> there wasn't too many hotels over there so yeah. did you enjoy that time or was it challenging feeling a bit isolated no it was really nice I'm just being up there in the middle of nowhere but you know I think I was only I was early 20s 19 20 21 so a little bit isolating but also a really cool experience so like minus 40 degrees and than beautiful summers. So yeah, no, it was really cool. Really cool to experience that. So you've come back and you've ended up in the Nembaka Valley. Yes. So what was your journey from there? So how did Fresh Start Organising start? Well, when I moved back here, I kind of left a really good group of friends and I kind of went down into a funk 
And I didn't realise what was going on, but I just knew something wasn't right. And I was, I wouldn't say it was a depression, but it was definitely waves of happiness. And then I'd just be really tired and I'd be sleeping all the time. So I started going to the doctors and just thinking, oh, what's going on? And then I just kept going along with that, you know, medicine and do this and do that. And then one day I just was looking, oh no, my kids got me a hammock for my birthday one year. And this was the aha moment that I laid down. Ben took the kids and it was great. I had the afternoon to read a book in this hammock and I just sat down and I just sat down and went, oh my gosh, I can't sit down. Like I've got dishes to do and I've got the laundry to do and I've just got too, I've got too much stuff to do. So, you know, as a mum, you just never can find time to be yourself or to just be without the constant to-dos in your head. So I got up and I just kept going. And then I just started, you know, thinking this isn't life. Like I'm not living life like I used to. I used to be really fun and spontaneous and always had people over at my house and I just couldn't get that balance back. And I knew I had this amazing house and an amazing husband and my kids were great and I just wasn't happy. Like I was just functioning every day. You know what I mean? Like just getting up and doing the same old thing. And then one day I was watching Netflix or whatever it was and I came across The Minimalists. Have you heard of them? Yeah, the documentary. Yep, yeah. yep. And I just went, oh, my God. And then that is the minute that I realised it wasn't me, it wasn't my house, it wasn't my kids. It was the stuff that I had and stuff as in physical stuff but stuff on my calendar expectations of other people, you know, all of that chaos was what was causing my ups and downs and my, yeah, highs and lows basically. So, yeah, so that's how it came about. So I then started the process on myself, like my own journey of decluttering pretty much anything that I could in my house and then also, like I said, on in my calendar. Like mm. I started saying no, but on the other end of the scale, I started saying yes to the things I actually really loved. And people started seeing a total change in me and then they started saying, what are you doing? And that is how Fresh Start Organising came about. Mm. So, yeah. I want to ask a, a, a bit more about that, but I, I want to come back to something you said, which was part of the, the stuff, in air quotes, was you know, expectations. So are we talking expectations of yourself, expectations from other people, both? Probably both, you know, Mm. like I really feel that women especially have this expectation put on them by society that you have to go to work, you have to be able to come home and you have to have the perfect house and your kids have to be happy and your kids have to be involved in every extracurricular activity Mm. imaginable or everyone that they want you have to take care of the family you have to organize the presents you have to have dinner and all of that stuff so I'm not saying that my husband had that but we're raised Mm. as a society that that is the female Mm. it's a social construct yes yeah exactly so 
those are the expectations and therefore it was me putting those expectations on myself rather than anyone in particular, do you know what I mean? So, and that's where I think a lot of us get that, you know. If you can kind of identify, I guess, the process of how you did that, how you kind of worked that through in your brain, can you kind of take it step by step of of how that happened for you? Was it sort of bit by bit of challenging, why am I thinking like that, sort of in a, you know, questioning your automatic thinking processes kind of way or was it more a really intentional decision to go, right, I'm not going to think like that anymore. I'm going to do this instead. It was really layers. And I would say that the first thing, the easiest thing was the physical clutter. So once I realised that, once I started removing those physical items, it was easy to get rid of that. And then I realised, hang on a minute, with less stuff in my house, I've got more space to breathe. Then I started working on the mental because I realised it wasn't just physical things, the ideas and thoughts in your head really are adding to the clutter going on and the chaos in your mind. So, yes, it's all a layer and then you just start like – and the more you do, the more you go, oh, okay, yes, I'm doing that thing because I feel as though I need to do that thing. Mm but not because I actually need to do that thing. Yes. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. So, So, okay, so from there you've kind of walked through the process yourself and you've developed a set of skills or a toolbox essentially of how you can help other people do that through Fresh Start Organising. So can you tell me about your early work in that area? Yep, early work was with friends and family. So I think the first people I helped were actually my grandparents because they were at that – age where they couldn't get into the bottom of their cupboards. So I just started going around and I just was so excited to help everyone. I always link it to the first time I tried out a Dyson vacuum cleaner. You know what I mean? How amazing it was that I just wanted to take it around everybody's house going, look how amazing this is. And you're just so high on the feeling and the outcome that you want to share it with every single person that you know. Mm. So I went around to my grandparents' house and got in the bottom of their cupboards and got under their bed and got high up in the cupboards where they can't ever get to. And I realised that that made their lives so much easier. Mm. And then I had friends reach out going, "Mm, do you think you could come and help me? And that's how, yeah, so it just started with early on with friends and, yeah, and that's just how I built up my skill set really. And so what happened from there? So you've shown your friends the evidence. (laughs) Do you feel that in sort of this new way of living and people noticing that that change in you, do you almost feel like it's a bit gospel-like in that you find your your people because they're living the same way or they're desiring to live the same way? Yeah, I think so. I think people start – it really surprised me actually when I first went out and started on social media trying to, like, put my name out there. I thought people didn't know that they needed to declutter. I didn't – I started educating them on the benefits of the declutter. But the more I'm out there, I realise that people already know. They they know what they need – they know they need to declutter because they know in today's society it's just so easy to go to Kmart and buy a trolley full of stuff that we don't need. Mm. And – them, they 
just need the help to get there because they don't know the steps and the, really the benefits. This episode has been sponsored by Erin Gallagher Support Services, supporting individuals with a disability to access the things they enjoy and achieve their personal goals. You can find Erin on the Valley Hub. Let's talk through the concept of minimalism, right? So I think maybe there's some, just thinking back to that documentary and, and you'll, you know, see pictures in magazines of minimalist houses and I guess they can sometimes, maybe the connotations are it's a bit stale. Yeah. And perhaps that's a misunderstanding of what minimalism actually is. So can you talk through, I guess, the definition of that on a practical level? What does that mean for everyday life? Minimalism basically is having only things in your house that you use. I personally am not a minimalist, but the idea that I take away from that is you only have things in your house that create the home that you want. Mm. So my home may be more, have more stuff in it than other people's. And then but some of my clients' homes, their after is my before, if you know what I mean. So everybody has a different level of what they feel comfortable with. Mm. So minimalism scares a lot of people away because they think they're going to have to get rid of everything and they're going to live in this boring, mundane, colourless life. Do you know what I mean? So my approach is to go in and have the things in your home that create create the home of your ideal, mm. not what the minimalists say or what Pinterest says. Yep. You know? Yeah. So, so I think uh, that's a nice segue into talking about the process that you undertake with the people you work with. So uh, to me it sounds like the first step would be, um, you know, working with them to identify what, what their values are and how that transcribes into what they want their home to look like and feel like. So, you know, I'm thinking just personally, you know, work day-to-day life can feel chaotic and running around and and meeting, you know, those expectations we've talked about before. And so I would personally want my home to feel like a place of calm and a peace and and like I can sit down and not have to worry about anything. So talk me through the process of you know, helping people to identify that if they're, if they're not quite cognizant that they, they need to make those changes. Yep. So the first step of it is to really find your why. Because when you come across an item or a task on your calendar, you really need to have that strong muscle, really. And you need to have that really strong ideal. So what we always start with is how do you currently feel in your home? When you come home from work and you've got to cook dinner and you've got to do the homework and when you're sitting in your car just about to open the door, how are you feeling about what's on the other side of the door? Mm. And, you know, a lot of words that come up are stressed, embarrassed, irritated, anxious, you know, those are the type of before feelings. And then we try and turn them on their head and say, okay, how do you want to feel when you pull in to your home and you're about to get out of the car. And, you know, Peter Walsh, Australian organiser, says things like your home is supposed to be the antidote of stress, not the cause of it. Mm. 
And a lot of times our house is causing more stress. We can't wait to get out the door and go somewhere because we can go to the shopping mall or we can go to the park and just sit and relax. Where our home should be that place. So then we work on those feelings and those emotions of what you want to feel when you come into your home. So, you know, a lot of words, like you said, are calm, peaceful, freedom. They want to be able to feel free to do whatever they want. So, yeah, so then we work on that. And then we come up with reasons of why. So why do you want to feel free in your home? Why do you want to feel calm in your home? Do you want your kids to grow up in a calm environment? Do you want your kids to have freedom to have friends over? And really then we focus on how the mother or the woman in the home wants to feel. And we use all of those stories and thoughts and ideals to come up with her why Mm. statement. The thing that comes into my head (laughs) is um, there are multiple people and often children living in a home too. So I I guess a part of that too would be maybe empowering, you know, the primary carer to to have those strategies in, you know, keeping the kids' organisation skills or lack thereof in alignment with what systems have been put in place by you. So. Can you tell me a little bit about how you kind of manage that facet of working with clients? So I always say start with yourself. So if you can create systems, if if you can create the environment first, so really work on your things. So if you're the – we're sitting near the kitchen. So if you're the main cook of the house, get your kitchen sorted and show them how – it's changed you because I have worked with a lot of families that the partner is just not interested, doesn't see the benefits, like I don't understand why you're doing this. But if you can show how your your world in the kitchen has changed, then it really has a play-on effect mm. and your family members start to go, oh, okay, she, you know, isn't yelling as much. She isn't breaking down into a rage at dinner time. So I always start doing that and then we start small. You've got to give – if you want the kids and partner to be a part of it, you really need to come up with systems that are actually achievable and there's a whole range of different things that you can do for each individual family member. So when you are working with clients, can you tell me about what the average day would look like for you? Yeah, so it depends on where we are in the journey. But if I'm showing up to your house, Penny, for the first time, we will spend a little bit of time going through the mindset work and you are going to tell me what's going on in your world, what's working, what's not working, and we will tackle the spot that is on your mind the most. I set up some tables and we get started. So basically we touch everything in that space and we pull it all out of the cupboards and the drawers and all that stuff. And then we will gather it like with like. So if we're doing we're doing your closet, we're going to get all the T-shirts. And we're going to pull all the T-shirts out from everywhere all over the house. And we're going to off the clothesline, out of the washing machine and layer them all together. And then I am going to help you go through every single one of your T-shirts and make the decision. Are we going to keep it? 
Are we going to toss it? Are we going to donate it? Or is it rubbish? And through that, we will constantly go back to your why. So a lot of my clients just miss doing the thing that they really love, reading, crocheting, cross-stitch sewing, gardening. And if we stumble across something, we just talk about the why. Why are we doing this again? What is the benefit of this? And we chat it out and then we make the decision. So, and then we just do that over and over again um, until we've come to the end of that grouping and then we go to the next. So there's a lot, it's kind of, a lot of people say at the end of our sessions, it was kind of like a little mini counselling session Mm. because there's a lot of emotions that come up in it because we have such an attachment to our physical objects. Mm. Yeah. So I guess you've really done some capacity building in terms of helping people work through that too. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So they they do it. I do the physical work. And I always say that they do the mental because at the end of our sessions, my clients are just like, thank you so much. Like they're just, you literally see their shoulders relax and their, you know, everything just relax. And I'm like, it's, it's not me, it's you because my clients are the one doing the hard yakka. Like they're making the decisions for themselves mm. where I'm helping guide them, but they're doing the work. So. so how do you feel when you walk away? How do you feel? I love it. It is seriously, I say this to all of my clients, they just think I'm nuts because I just, <laughs> I, I really know how much a decluttered space frees my clients. It really creates this joy in their world and peace and calm, which in today's society is really hard to get. And I... Yeah, I say it's like my drug, just watching my clients and hearing what they say and feel at the end of the day. It's, it's, it is physically hard, but it lights me up. And it's the job that I, you know, when it's like we, we get flooded up here in Taylor's Arm uh, quite often. And before I used to be like, oh, yes, a day off work. And now I am so bummed. I am like, no, I really wanted to get to work. Like, you know, so because it just brings my clients so much joy. Mm. But I just love it. Yep. Yeah. So how many hours would the oh, – that feels like a bit of a silly question because I guess every house is how different, it isn't it? String? Yeah. Yep. Um, but, you know, if you could average it out, you know, how long would you be spending with someone? Is it a full day? Is it three days? What does it look like? It really depends. Like, honestly, it depends on the client. So I can never give someone a quote because some people are really attached to their items and some people are just at that point that they just want to see it gone. So, like – yeah, it really varies. I used to do just five-hour sessions. So I'd go in there and would start and then I'd come back in a week or I'd come back in a month or, you know, something like that. But in the last, about say, two years, I've realised that a bulk amount of hours is so much more beneficial to my client. So I now have packages of 10, 20 and 40 hours and I will go consecutively until we have used those hours because you're on a roll and you start to build that decision-making muscle mm. so and you can see the benefits quite quickly. And also if we don't have to pack it away and then come back in a week, 
the momentum builds and it's like a big snowball effect. So yeah, and it really just depends. Like I've done a whole house in 40 hours before, but I've done a an office in 40 hours, you know. So it depends on your decision-making skills and how fast you want to work and how slowly you want to work because some people just want to take this process and just go slowly and make sure they don't make any decision, bad decisions. So, yep. yeah. So you've got some online packages too. Yeah. Can you tell me about those? Right now I'm doing two-week courses where we focus on one room at a time. Um, we did – Last time we did the toy box, two weeks on the toy box just before Christmas. And this time we are working on the kitchen. So we've got two-week kitchen program. I'm halfway through it. And we do mindset work. Then we do co-working sessions where I'm on a Zoom and I'm there to answer all your questions while you're working. And it just really gives – because a lot of people don't necessarily need the physical help. They just need some guidance and some assistance in making – getting over those hurdles – Okay, I've got three sets of tongs. They're perfectly fine tongs. What do I do with them? Do you know what I mean? It sounds silly, but that's what we get stuck on. And that's what I got stuck on when I was decluttering my own home for the first time. It was just those silly little, oh, how many pair of tongs do I need? So I'm helping women go through those without physically having to be there, but just to give them a sounding board really to Mm. help them over that. So. So where would you recommend people start? Anywhere. Honestly, you just need to get started. It's kind of like, you know, exercising. You just need to put your shoes on in the morning. And then after you're used to that, then you can move on. So just pick a drawer. And the cutlery drawer is a great one because the cutlery drawer is generally less chaotic because there's spaces for everything. So if you can start in there and just literally, like I said, pull everything out and just go through, touch every single thing. Do I like the weight of this fork? You know the forks that you go for. You know the forks that your family goes for. So the other ones, why are you holding on to them? What's the attachment? Mm. So, yeah, so just start. Mm. That's the biggest hurdle. Yep. I bet your clients are in the kitchen and going, hmm. Vicky says, do I like the weight of this one? <laughs> yes, don't do that. So if people want to find you, how is it best for them to contact you? You can go to my website, freshstartorganising.com.au or Instagram and Facebook at Fresh Start Organising. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast, Vicky. It's been really interesting to hear about your why and to see how far you've come since then. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Valley Hub Stories podcast. If you have a story you'd like to share, please reach out. We would love to hear from you. You can find us at valleyhub underscore NV on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like to support this community podcast, sponsorship opportunities are available. Contact us at info at thevalleyhub.com.au.